Welcome back into another edition of Bearcat Rewind. Thanks for joining me once again on the podcast or possibly even tuning in for the first time. We have a special show for you today. Not only is it our 100th episode, we also have the person that started the women's basketball program at Northwest Missouri State as our guest. Sherry Reeves joins us today. Now, the current season for Bearcat Women's Hoops marks the 50th year for the program. Coach Reeves got things rolling during the 1971-72 season that saw Northwest go 9-2 on the court. In all, she led the program for four seasons, posting a 61-15 record. That's an 802 winning percentage. And if you want to break it down by win percentage, her worst season was actually her last, when Northwest still posted a 21-7 record, finished second in the state tournament only after a five-point loss to Missouri State, and ended the year with a 40-point win over the Kansas Jayhawks. So, yes, pretty solid outing there in her fourth year. Coach Reeves joins us to talk about her upbringing and starting the program here at Northwest, but she was also really influential in turning tennis, volleyball, cross-country, and more into varsity sports for women here at Northwest Missouri State. So, great to have Coach Reeves on. Some fun stories here. I think you'll really enjoy today's interview. Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu foundation. And Clorinda Regional Health Center, offering support to Southwest Iowa and Northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. We're talking with Sherry Reeves about her role as a basketball coach and beyond at Northwest, and we get her thoughts on the current team. Well, Coach Reeves, we're excited to have you here on the podcast with us and and chatting. And you know what? March is right around the corner. Are you kind of starting to feel some of that excitement for uh, for the tournament and postseason basketball here in a few weeks? Absolutely. This time of the year is exciting and busy and and. A lot of the surprises sometimes, and sometimes they're not what you want. <laughs> <laughs> now, for you, is it uh, going in and just kind of keeping that eye on, on how the Northwest teams are doing, or will you kind of flip on the, the Division One tournament and just kind of consume any kind of basketball you can? Well, I like it all, but I'm more tuned in right now anyway on uh, Bearcat basketball. You know, I used to go back and, and watch the Iowa high school. I'm from Iowa, the Iowa high school girls basketball and that was exciting and uh and we all get on the division one level too but uh right now i i mean it's bearcat time that's right that's right and hoping for some good runs for here for both teams coming up um and as we look at it too uh, it's kind of a special year which i feel like has kind of been a little bit under the radar but this is the 50th anniversary of that first Bearcat basketball team for the women's side of things that back in the 1971-72 season that uh, that opened things up with you as the head coach there did does that kind of click in your mind that it's oh my, I, you know, I hadn't even thought about it it's 50 years ago isn't it yeah it feels like time's kind of flown by but I mean do you still think about that like it was just yesterday well you know I still keep in track with or keep in contact with uh, a lot of those those uh, players um you know they aren't from around here, but I call them and they call me and they send cards and and I was just saying to my son this morning that you know those kids are getting their kids to me, but they're getting ready to retire. In fact, some of them are already retired. It, time flies. It's it's kind of crazy when you look back on it. And when we look at mm-hmm. your career, 
You did so many great things at Northwest, which we'll kind of touch on those as we go. But your fingerprints, especially on Northwest women's basketball, of course, not only an administrator at Northwest, but a head coach there for the Bearcats from 71 through 75. Was basketball always the first love, or was that just kind of what got things started here at Northwest? Uh, well, basketball was always the first love for me. That and football, when I was a kid, they started uh, a high school football team when when I was maybe in fifth grade. And, I mean, we couldn't play, of course, but we played in the park with the boys anyway. But um, basketball was always my first love, yeah. So whenever you go back and think about those days growing up in Iowa and, and playing some high school ball, too, I mean, and I don't want you to be modest either, how good was Sherry Reeves growing up? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I I actually got to play five years of high school basketball, um, they, and it wasn't because I was that good, but, but little towns uh, didn't have enough players lots of times, you know, so they would allow, if they didn't have enough kids, they'd could go down into the junior high and get kids to play. And uh, Exira was big enough because they'd gone in with another town. But whenever I – they started letting me practice with the high school early, and then whenever I was an eighth grader, they had me – I ended up getting a suit and traveled with the team. And first game I went in and scored 12 points. So then they – I the next game I, I didn't start, but I scored some. But – Mine was a stroke of good luck. The gal, one of the, you know, back then they had two courts and the guards didn't shoot and, and nobody crossed the line. You had like three players, three fours and three guards and, and the guard wanted, one of the guards that was a senior had wanted to play forward. So her senior year, year, they let her do that. Well, it turned out the person that was going to take her place as a guard wasn't, couldn't hold, couldn't fit in the defense. So they had to move the, the converted forward back to the guard court. Well, that's when, when I got a chance. So, and about the time I was a senior, they changed the rule because schools were beginning to go together. And so they had enough players and everybody thought I wouldn't get to play my senior year, but they had to grandfather me. And I'm sure there were other kids like it, you know? So anyway, your background growing up and the chance to jump in there as an eighth grader and, and really hitting the ground running there in that first ball game, putting up 12 points, is that a family background of just always out in the backyard doing something? Or what are the ties that kind of led you to um, being so good there so early? Well, I was a tomboy, and in our neighborhood, they called, there were two blocks facing, they called Incubator Avenue. We had all kinds of kids, but I always said they were all boys, and my mother always said, no, I just didn't want to play with the girls. <laughs> but anyway, we played everything, you know, every sport and and whatever was in season, we played, and yes, it was in everybody's backyards, and and so we were always busy, you know. You didn't have all, you know, we didn't have television back then, so you know, you were out, you played till dark, <laughs> and and you learned a lot of things. So, um, yeah, we had some kind of a ball in our hand most of the time. So you wrap up your high school career there at Exira. What eventually led you down to Maryville? Well, I went to North, uh, Northern Iowa up at Cedar Falls and they had a great program. But I mean, the gym was right across from my dorm and, and I'd go over there and play pickup, whatever. And, and whenever somebody had a ball, they wouldn't, they wouldn't stock it with a basketball. They didn't want the girls playing basketball with the boys. You know, they were opposed to that, that 
department was opposed to women playing basketball. And, of course, that was the only sport they had for high school girls at that time was um, basketball. Now, my sister that's four years younger got to play softball, and then track was added. So then they began to add all sorts of sports. But at that time, and and basketball was really popular in Iowa. You know, you had a big state tournament. And and, uh, anyway, uh, they would take my ball. And Mm. finally, I'd bring it back, and they'd say, we don't leave this home. We're going to keep it. They didn't want us playing pickup basketball for girls so, or the boys. But anyway, that's how I got started. But what I realized was that was not the school for me because if that's the way they felt about sports, I was where I didn't belong. So I ended up coming down to Northwest and that following year, that'd be in 1955. And, of course, uh, we wanted to play ball. And I, there was another gal from my area in Iowa that had played with um, um, the St. Joe's AAU. I mean, and AAU was really, well, it's just like now, basketball, you know, but it back then St. Joe was a hub for women's uh, women's AAU. The, the national tournament was held there every year. And the only teams, and I'm sure there were others, but the only actual teams that I remember that we dealt or played against in that big, it was a huge AA tournament all right there, an old Civic Arena, were um, Wayland Baptist, and they half the time won it all. And um, Iowa Wesleyan in Iowa uh, had it, had women's basketball. And then most of the places that the women came from to play that were like um, business schools, maybe two-year schools, and people would, you know, they'd recruit, uh, have a team, and that would get people to come to their school. But, you know, they could play forever. I mean, a couple of the best basketball players I've ever played against or seen was Rita Horkey and um, another gal, I can't remember her name. But, but oh, my Lord, they were they were really tall people, and they were good, you know. Mm. But they could play forever. It wasn't a matter of, like here, you can play so many years and you're done, you know. So that's a bunch of us from Iowa, there were about five of us, and somebody gave transportation for us to go down and 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 play. It was just people here in town that one of them played on the team, and an old we thought they were older. They were about thirty at that age, but and one of them was a scorekeeper. So they got us down there because none of us had had cars in those days, you know. So um, we played on on this AAU basketball team. So then we tried to get a team in here on campus. And we had a start, Harold Hull, who was a lawyer here in town, um, the gal that one, that drove one of the cars for us, or her car, actually, and took us down there, of course, knew him, and she worked for Judge Waitman. And Harold Hull was on the Board of Regents out here at the university. And so we went to him to try to get a women's game start, uh, women's team started. And he he was for it, and he worked toward it. But what it boiled down to, I remember... Miss McGill was the women's PE department chair. They were separate. Men and women were separate at that time. And, and basically she said, and it was true, they had three men's coaches. Bob Gregory was one of them that you would remember, Ryland Milner, and there was a Dr. Peterson. And they were busy doing all of the, the sports for men. That's all they had. And on the women's side, none of them had ever coached, didn't even play, 
competitive athletics. She said, you know, this is an impossibility. So we didn't get that, but what they did was they let the guy, the guy that coaches was George Sherman, and he brought the rest of those women that played down there, because they all had cars. They were working women, you know, brought them up, and they let us use the women's gym, which at that time was in the basement of of the administration building. That was before it burned down, because that was the part that was underneath the auditorium. Hmm. And um, so we had, and there were about five of us from Iowa, actually, all close Wyota and Audubon and, and Exira that were on that team. So that's how we got started playing, but we didn't ever have a team, get a team here in in the university. And then when I was about, well, I guess my younger sister was down here, so like in the early 60s. And, and I, you know, I, I want to give Mrs. Walker credit. She helped a lot. I mean, she, the kids would come and say, we really like to have a team. And she'd find a place for them and usually get somebody to coach them. And uh, they had a team then. But what happens is as soon as the um, those kids graduate, then it's gone again. You know, it wasn't a continuous team. And they didn't have any, they were more like a club sport because, you know, in PE we think about PE activities and then we, for the kids that are more skilled and want more, then you have intramurals and, and then you have club sports and then you get to intercollegiate or uh, competition. And so they didn't have any rules or regulations on them. You know, you could play as long as you wanted and and nothing to guide the school and so anyway, but she would find a place for them to play and make sure they got to play a few games. I don't know how many they played. I never. And then when I came back here in about 1965, I worked, well, my ex-husband was on staff, and uh, I never did know of any then. But somewhere along the line from the time that I guess that came in, there was a group um well, they're mostly Iowa kids again that got together and wanted to have a team. And so Mrs. Walker again got a place for them to play. And, and, uh, um, there was a kid from, from, um, Bedford and I don't remember his name. She'd get one of the, like one of our male athletes or, or even just, you know, somebody that played here to coach him. And he coached him for two years, did a great job. And then he graduated. So. That was the time I moved from the advisement center down to to the gym. And uh, so I went in and I said, you know, hey, do you need some help? I'd love to help you with basketball. And she said, you can have it. <laughs> I've got enough to do. And anyway, so that's when I took over. And, and uh, I, when I, I didn't, you know, not being from Missouri, I didn't know all their organizations they had, but when I started to make a, a schedule, I called uh, Reba Sims from down at Southwest Missouri State, and she said, oh, guys, that's great. Are you going to join the AIAW and the MAIAW? And I said, well, I don't know. I'll have to ask my boss. And so I went to Miss McGill, and she said, sure. She said, I'll pay for the dues. And she said, but you'll have to do go to the meetings and learn the rules and and." And keep the rest of the coaches informed, you know. And they were, we were beginning to have uh, other, I would call them more like club sports. Like a, there was in gymnastics and there was, uh, softball had a little bit and, um, 
I don't know if tennis had started yet or not. Track was trying to get underway. They were all just getting started. And so um, that's what I did. And and that's what I figured the, you really have a bona fide team because you had rules and regulations for the school. The AIW, which is the Association for Intercollegiate Athletics for Women, is comparable to the um, NCAA. And then the Missouri, the MAIAW, is a Missouri because the women's program was organized by state. Like you, if you won your state title, then you got to go on to postseason regional play. Whereas with the men, they win their conference titles, they get to go on to regional play and then on to the nationals. So it was organized just a little bit differently. And I know that what I found was they, they divided our state into four areas and they took the top two teams from each of those, you know, those northwest, southwest, so on areas. And you had an eight team tournament, just kind of like they do, you know, with the conferences. And anyway, um, it was very supportive and, and, uh, she was like the athletic director because the departments were separate at that time. And, um, so we got involved and, and look at all the teams we've got and where we've gone from there. <laughs> it's taken off like wildfire from that point, yeah. really, of yeah. kind of setting the tone. Um, when you think back to it and you talk about some of the athletes that came through when there was already basketball being played, just not within the AIAW at that point, and, and you kind of got that over the hump there, is it not a surprise for you when you look back and see that first season ever was nine and two and, and posting a really good record? Well, you know, you just, I guess when you're young, you don't think about that. You just want to win, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had good kids. They, uh, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to play favorites of Iowa over Missouri, but Iowa was ahead of Missouri in their organization because, and I didn't realize at the time, but, at that time, Missouri didn't even have a, a state championship for their high school kids. They had programs, particularly up here in northwest Missouri, like over there, Ravenwood won the first one, but uh, state championship. But whenever about, well, I think it was, I think it was 1973, Dr. Fate came to me and said, you know, would you be interested in being the, the director for the first state tournament we're going to have here in Missouri. And I said, absolutely, you know, that's going to be on our campus. And so uh, I was surprised. I didn't know they didn't have it. They would play through regionals, and then the girls were done. Now, the boys had it, but the girls didn't. But, see, Title IX was passed in 72, so the schools began to ask for this, and and they put it in. So the first, right here in, in Lampkin Gym, the first state high school basketball tournament um for for women because they were all in one group at the time they hadn't gone to big you know large school small school that thing the first state tournament was just all five schools i guess you'd say and uh, little old raven over here won it so that's pretty good for northwest <laughs> Missouri. not bad uh, how much of that is a point of pride for you when you look back and think about all the different things that Northwest has seen change over the years, but you're right there leading the charge for this women's basketball program to become varsity and, and really set the tone there, but also the first state tournament, um, instrumental in getting um, 
a lot of these sports to become varsity sports, along with women's basketball to tennis and track and volleyball and cross country and so on. I mean, is that something that kind of you look back on and be like, boy, we've made big strides, but it kind of got rolling there early 70s. Yeah, it did. Well, you know, with Title IX being um, passed in 72, that that helped us get some of the things. One of the things, though, that I have lots of help. You know, the like Mrs. Walker and, and Irma Merrick and Barb Bernard and those guys, they would go to our games and support our girls. And, and uh, Barb ended up in, um, she had started a group of softball kids. But like I said, they didn't have any rules. They could They could be here for two years and go away somewhere and come back and play again. And they didn't. What they really did was they wanted, they were interested in the sport and they wanted to play it while they were here. And then when they graduated, then, then the sport was gone again, you know, because it was really like a club sport. But those women were willing. I mean, I wasn't the only one. There were a whole lot of people that got involved in sports and, and, you know, to help the kids out. And, uh, um, so you, you know, at the time, you're just so excited about what's happening and, and the kids getting to play, and we actually got to be a part of the first state tournament for for women in in Missouri. Uh, you don't think about that you're that you're kind of doing a lot of first, you know, <laughs> so bad. And I, you know, I was the age you had to fight for everything you got when you were for girls anyway. Now Iowa always had, as long as I can remember, a good um program for women's basketball. But the the guy that was superintendent of our schools back there in Exira was uh Mr. Chisholm and he ended up being the first I don't know what his title was, but director of the women's in Iowa women and, and boys and girls had different uh organizations at the top, you know. And he was the the chairman, I guess you'd say, of the girls sports activity and and I can remember years later, I went back to a tournament and, uh, they, before the championship game, they, they had a choreography. They had good choreography, but they had each team for, uh, in each sport that had won the state title back. They'd bring them back that next year, put uniforms on them and, and they'd put them out on the floor. And then they, you know, it was really, you just made your skin crawl that, We've made that much progress for women's athletics. So, um, you know, there's a, a lot of people have helped and put in hard work they didn't get paid for. And, and, uh, I like when we had that first day permit here, I was just so excited. And the guy that came up from Columbia sat in, in Dr. Ritchie's office with me for an hour. He brought a big pile of stuff sit in there and they chit-chatted for an hour while I listened. And when they were done, he handed me that big pile of paper and said, well, there's everything you need to know. Goodbye. <laughs> and I thought, well, thank you. But I thought we could do this. So I thought we'll just do it like they do it in Iowa for the state tournament. I'd been to a number of those. And so what I did was I just started around campus and I went over to the um, drama department and I said, do you have a spotlight? Well, they did. What did I want it for? And I told them, we're going to have the first state tournament here, and I want to bring the kids on the floor under the spotlight. Oh, well, we'll help you. So, you know, as I went around campus getting help for these things, everybody was willing to help. And 
<laughs> One of the teams that came back, I don't know if you ever knew Julie Waite. He hmm. was from a little town down, oh, closer to, uh, I don't know exactly where it is, but she, they played in that first state tournament. And anyway, um, I, one of the girls that played on that team, um, eventually had what coached the team that went to state again. And I said to her, was she more excited about going as her own person or as being the coach of kids? And she said, well, it was a different, different thing. She liked them both, but she said she would never forget being introduced and coming out onto the middle of the floor with a spotlight on her. So <laughs> our spotlight trip worked anyway. That's pretty cool. And yeah, that makes it for a great production and for some good memories there for everybody as they kind of go through that. So um, yeah. that's awesome. So you mentioned before that, you know, you were young. It was about winning and not really thinking about some of that other stuff at the time. But kind of going through the records and just pulling a couple numbers on some of the teams that you played, um, I just want to throw a couple at you real quick. All right. You went a combined 14-1 and against Mizzou, KU, Kansas State, and Iowa State. You also went 2-0 and against Missouri Western, but that included a 104-19 to win over the Griffins back in 1975. Which one of those holds more weight, the wins over the, uh, the Mizzou, KU, K-State, Iowa State, or just absolutely hammering Missouri Western like that? Oh, gosh. Of course, I don't know if there's quite the same animosity with uh, Western and Northwest at that time. Well, there wasn't that much, but, you know, um, probably beating those big schools. I remember uh, one time we'd beaten, uh, I think it was K-State. We'd gone out and played K-State, and then on the way back played KU. And then the next year they had to come here, and they beat us, but just barely. And, and I heard her talking to, to her assistant coach. She said, we're not playing them again ever, ever. <laughs> We're going to get beat. Nobody will give us any credit. So that was that was kind of a fun thing. But you know, I was just excited for the kids, for them to get to make those trips and to play those people, and and they did early days. You know, of course, the big schools. Well, they had as much chance at kids that played basketball as we did. You know, hmm. but you know, our our rules were a lot different um, when we started out. Um, the AIW rules, they, they, the kids couldn't have scholarships. Uh, they thought a lot of the problems that existed in the men's athletic programs were due to that. But then after a couple of years, they realized that, that in fact, we were offered scholarships to have them and we couldn't, the AIW wouldn't allow them. Our school was going to give them to us, but the AIW wouldn't allow them. And then the third year, uh, they decided that that wasn't fair to the girls, you know, that that if the guys could have them, why not the girls? So they changed the rules. The rules, uh, I, you know, I'm not really sure how long the AIW had been in effect, but I'm guessing maybe mid-60s uh, when we came in. But um, they changed the rules as they went. We, we spent a lot of time at meetings and with the Missouri meetings anyway, refining the rules, but, you know, they had eligibility rules. That was a real difference between the teams when I was coaching and the ones before. The ones before had no rules or regulations for the school or, or you know, the, the, the teams themselves or the students. These, 
later on when we joined the AIW, then we had eligibility rules. We had rules just like a conference would for the teams, you know, in the schools. And, uh, and they, you know, they changed from time to time, but it was a lot different as once it got started. And it's amazing to see, cause see, when, when we first started the AI or the, um, NC2A wouldn't allow the women in. We couldn't be in the MIAA. We couldn't be with the NC2A. So the women just started nationally their own programs. You know, they got started and, and, uh, we had our own, uh, they call them state tournaments to be like a conference tournament and conference play. And, uh, we, you know, after a few years, we got more, more games, but even our administration was very helpful. Dr. Fate, I mean, we could have never had this without, with him. And of course, he had the ear of the president. So that helped. But he always said, and I thought this was really a good statement. He said, if athletics, he said, at Northwest, uh, athletics are an extension of the educational process. And as such, if it's necessary for the education of men, it's also necessary for the education of women. And that, you know, with that in mind, he tried to even up, even up the program to get us the things we needed. Um, we would never have made the progress as quickly as we did. Um, in fact, that first conference tournament that we won, or state tournament, whatever you want to call it, uh, we the top teams were um, Central Missouri State and Southwest Missouri State, and then uh, Northeast. And we beat each of those teams. That's who. And we went right to the right of them by 10 points. And they were like, oh, wow, got a new kid on the block. So that was fun. Oh, that's awesome. And you got to love that, too. And you talk about having to work so hard at that time for women's sports to get to a certain point to be able to have the help around campus had to feel just a weight lifted off your shoulders. But there was support here in Maryville, and it wasn't just trying to have to fight against everybody all the time. No, that's right, and and uh, people were supportive. The townspeople were supportive. The you know a lot of our students are from from Iowa at that time, and so they were used to women's athletics. I mean, not big scale, but they'd had girls basketball probably. And and you know even when I was in high school, there wasn't any that the girls couldn't have the floor when the men are done with it. They scheduled that floor for practice. They alternated who went early, who went late. So, you know, that was a natural thing. And of that first team that I had, I think there were two from Missouri, and the rest of them were, there were a couple from out of state somewhere, but the rest of them were Iowa kids. Well, when you look at Northwest Missouri State now, and of course, again, we're 50 years in, and, and Coach Meyer, Coach Houston leading the charge right now for Bearcat women's basketball. What's this like as you view this team? They made some strides this year. They've, they're sitting at 15 and 10, 10 and 8 in conference play. Um, I think Coach Meyer had you in before the season to chat with the team a little bit. What's this like as you're sitting in the stands watching them out there? Oh, I've, I've me, I've been really excited about the progress they've made this year. Yeah, they're just beginning. They've got to be, the only thing they really lack is they they need to lack uh, have belief in what they can do. You know, we've had a couple games where they probably could have won it, but when when the time came, nobody wanted to shoot it. But they'll get over that. They've got the skill and they've got the guidance with the coaches. And uh, uh, they'll get there. And I, I saw a big change this year. Of course, I didn't get to watch any of the games because of COVID. 
I, I was one of those restricted ones I didn't dare, you know. Mm. So for me, this year was has really been fun. You know, I I think they're making progress and they're hardworking and they're really, really good kids. But that, you know, friendly, but that seems to be a part of our culture. The coaches have done it in all sports, have done a good job of, of recruiting good kids. And so, you know, they're really easy to support because they are that way. But I'm excited about where they'll go from here. They just, they're just on the edge of believing they can do it and, and pulling it off. So I hope they have a great tournament. Do you ever sit back and is it hard to take the coach out of you? Like during a timeout, are you like, you know what? I'd like to go draw the play real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think I've gotten old enough that I let them do that coaching now. But yeah, it was hard at first to to sit and actually just enjoy the game, you know, what you would do. And and, uh, so I'm, I'm old enough I can sit back and just enjoy the game. That's good. That's good. Well, uh, Coach Reeves, it's been a lot of fun talking with you. Thanks so much for coming on and, and being on the podcast, and, and thanks so much for everything that you've done for Northwest Missouri State University in Maryville. Well, I, that's nice of you, but I'm just a part of the team. I haven't done really much more than anybody else, but I've been given the opportunity to do some things. And, and when you look back, it, it was really fun, you know. So I, I thanks for the chance to talk. Well, thanks again to Coach Sherry Reeves joining us on the podcast today. If this is your first time joining us here on Bearcat Rewind, check out some of our archived podcasts, including one with John McCarthy of Small College Basketball, Brandon Simpson, a former Northwest Missouri State football player, Hallie Sidney from the Bearcat volleyball team, and many more. So check out those podcasts. Special thanks to Northwest Professor Alex Kerr producing our intro and outro music. And thank you for tuning in to Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton. We'll talk to you again next time.